0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day.
1: Welcome to Time to Revive. This is Mark Byrd with you again. Today, we're gonna dive into understanding a little bit more about lifestyle evangelism or doing evangelism as a lifestyle and with me as a very special guest and has become a very good friend of mine personally now too. But I love this because he has shared his heart with me many times as a pastor, being very transparent about how this looks in a Christian's life to be an evangelist, but also in sharing that with a congregation, encouraging other believers to actually live this out as well. And what you'll hear Eric say is how he makes it real. And that's what I love about him. He's all about making it real because Eric is real himself. So with me today is Pastor Eric Cook from the Vineyard Church in Fountain, Ohio. Eric, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here.
1: What's interesting is I've had some multiple conversations with Pastor Eric over the last couple of years about evangelism and stuff. And I know his heart. I know his heart. I know what he's trying to mobilize, you know, his people, his congregation to. But really, we all need to together mobilize the body of Christ to do this. And I always take it back to Acts 1 8. And Jesus said, or what he didn't say was, Hey, go witnessing once in a while. You know, what he said was, I need you to be my witnesses. And that is a verb. That is action. And uh, it's not like a switch that we turn on and turn off. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and I know your heart, Eric. You've you shared it enough with me, but I would love for you to kind of pour out your heart, if you would, in this time and just share with the radio audience. Like, how do you feel about that, Eric? And how do you feel like we as Christians respond to Jesus' call was it a was it a great suggestion or was it a great commission
0: well Mark you know uh, something's come to mind so I'll just I'll just be kind of transparent here I, I would say initially after I gave my life to the Lord and, and for my first five ten years in ministry uh, I was very very I would say almost rabid <laughs> as far <laughs> as evangelistic and then there would come a time and I don't know if it was a switch in the culture I think, and maybe some conferences I went to, but the idea was have your witnessing radar up, but weigh in when you need to and, and weigh in cautiously. And and I think I think the heart behind that made sense. But I think if I were to be honest, what I felt personally and have saw happen over those years was maybe we, we became a little timid mm. and kind of just kind of snowballed the wrong direction. Meaning, we have a heart to do it, but we are also trying to be culturally sensitive and thinking about all this. And I think, I think we overcorrected it and, and we became too quiet. Personally, I could say that happened to me. Right. Not that I quit sharing, but I, I, I was, I was sharing less and, and it, it became a habit in the wrong direction. And I realized with what we have going on right now in our culture, especially yeah. over the last 18 to 24 months, I feel that it it's crucial that the church does not be timid. <laughs> right. Right. Does not remain silent that we need to find a way to lovingly, but very clearly declare the gospel and, and share the good news. And, and, you know, i like to say it anymore, Mark. I think, you know, I, I tell people we, we sent these prayer cards out one time and I love using this word. I want everyone to know the love God has for them in Christ Jesus. That's right. That's the gospel. It is. And I have to admit, I'm, retraining my atrophied evangelism muscles myself is getting back into that the natural habit of just sharing yeah impress people the revive style it's a great way to start you know just just ask to pray with people right that be to get you hey i want to insert this idea that god is everywhere all the time working in everyone's life everywhere and, and it's a rare person that turns down prayer i've found yeah in I guess, personally, I'll start that way. But I think that's, if I if I were to shoot from the hip, I think that's happened across the church, is people were quiet. And I think their heart behind it made sense. But I think we did it wrong. And I think our silence, we were complicit in, in evil kind of infiltrating across the culture. And it, it was not a good thing. And I think it's time for us to, to to get back to doing that in a natural way, all the time. And me as a pastor, I feel like Talking about that from the pulpit, but also providing opportunities corporately that we can do that regularly with the for us has been with a revive style outreach monthly. That's one of the ways that I believe corporate evangelism kind of fuels individual evangelism. Yes. So, long answer to a short question, I guess that's personally where I'm at right now when I look across it. And I feel like although it's a crazy time, I think it's a great time for the church to
1: share. Yeah, and you know, like you're describing, Eric, over these last, however you want to say it, 18 to 24 months, I think you're right on with that. Over this time, you know, what we have discovered is people with needs didn't go away. They actually multiplied. People's need and their awareness of their need multiplied and so there was much more opportunity if you will and yes there's all kinds of division and hatred and all this stuff floating around everywhere in our culture but it really doesn't take away from this fact and what what we've learned as a revival ohio team even is the need didn't go away and yet the fear rises up when you see all of this division and things going on but really You know what? It's more clearly defined for us in our experience is there are people that will still clearly reject the gospel, but they're not necessarily hostile to us. And that's really a, a big takeaway, I think, that I, that I wanted to share as well, Eric, because the fear is, oh my goodness, I, I can't look left or look right, or I can't speak left or right either. But oh my goodness, I, I have to really be careful what I say. And I do. I present the gospel in love because scripture says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, because you have to repent and, and, and ask Christ to take over. But here's what I'm learning. Like, there will be people that will reject the gospel, but there will be people who are ready to receive mm-hmm. the gospel. And I don't know by looking at someone which one they are, Eric. I can't, I've tried, I can't tell you by looking at someone whether they're ready or not without having that conversation. Uh, one other thing that came to my mind, Eric, as I was listening to you share. Was I've had these discussions uh, multiple times with multiple pastors, and they say, well, you know, there's all kinds of different forms of evangelism, and there really is, right? And you have servant evangelism, and you have neighborhood evangelism, and you have street evangelism, and you have all these different methods. I said, but the common denominator is evangelism. (laughs) And so the question becomes, when do you actually share Christ? Because evangelism just means sharing Christ. It's like, I don't care what method you use as long as you're evangelizing, as mm-hmm. long as you're sharing Christ. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts? What comes to your mind on that, Eric?
0: Well, when you say that, I've heard similar things, and I guess I've heard the one thing that I like and I don't like, and it's that I think it's supposed to be quoting St. Francis. Yeah, St. Francis. To always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words, right? Uh, I like the concept. I don't like it in practice because I think it's not scriptural, right. I, I think that you know the Bible says in Romans ten nine it talks about confess with your mouth, uh, Jesus Lord, believe in your heart God raise him from the dead. but it, and it says it follows that up with the idea of verse uh, verse fifteen, you know it says, how can a person believe if they've not heard and how can they hear if someone doesn't preach the good news? That's right. In Romans chapter 10. And so the the, the answer is they can't. Right. (laughs) It's a rhetorical question, right? So we have to use words and I get it. It, Sometimes we do require earning the right to share the gospel, right? We don't just go blazing in and, Hey, you need Jesus. And you know, some, we don't need to be caustic about it, but at the same time we have to use words. That's, that's what the word of God says. So I I like the idea of pre-evangelism. Those things to me, I would call them pre-evangelism. Yeah. I heard the greatest analogies I'd ever heard before was the golfing analogy. If the idea of evangelism is to get the ball into the cup on the green, if that's the, the people to receive Jesus, then there's all kinds of other things that go into play. And, you know, servant evangelism might be driving it off the tee. Right. right. You might be really good at that. You might get them all the way on the green with that one thing. And then Right. All you gotta do is share the gospel. I'd like to say, Hey, you know what? You just share naturally. And, and, and if, if God opens the door, but at least you, you got to talk about the Lord. you got to ask for prayer. You got to bring up God. you got to use the scriptures in, in where, wherever you're at and just get used to it. And I think, what I've found is the more you do something, the more comfortable it gets. That's true.
1: That's and if true. I'm not
0: comfortable with it, I'm probably not going to do it. Right? So if I get used to doing it, it just becomes, like for me, when I, I remember being back in college, i get in front of the people I had to share in a communications class and I was terrified. Now you could throw me up against a stadium of 50,000. As long as I prepared a little bit, i exactly. feel pretty comfortable.
1: Right on. Because yeah. I do it all the time. And that's really, I'm glad you brought that out, Eric, because that's really what I want the listeners to begin to think about today. It's like, you may not have ever done this and you might be scared to death and you might even have your knees knocking. I don't know. I've seen it, but here's the deal. You just got to get in, man. You got to get in and you got to try this. You got to, you got to do this. And the, the only answer you need is Jesus. Like, I don't know, but here's what he's done for me. Like, can you testify to what the Lord has done for you. And I think, mm. to me, that personal testimony piece, no one can take that away from you. You know, they really can't, because that's your testimony, and they can't take it away. So if all you can do is testify what Jesus has done, that might be enough, Eric. And to your point, you're right. God might have all these means, but but Paul clearly dictates that one man plants and another man waters, But God gives the increase, and that's what matters. And I think a lot of times for Christians, they forget the part that God brings the increase. It's not up to me to talk someone into Jesus because, dude, I've learned, listen, if I can talk you into it, the devil can talk you out of it. But if yeah. you, you said it, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's what the scripture says. And so that takes a lot of the burden off of me. I don't have to execute it. All I have to do, like, just say it. I just yeah. have to be able to speak it out. Yeah.
0: You know, you said that. I was just thinking before you even mentioned that Romans one sixteen. God opened my eyes when I told you I was very rabid for the gospel Somewhere along the way, I picked up this idea that I had to close the deal every time I shared the gospel. Right, And if somebody didn't fall to their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? I was an abject failure. Right, And then Romans 1.16 says do not be for, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation. For right. salvation. I was like, oh, I'm not my slick presentation. Isn't right. My talking them into it is isn't. it's just the gospel's the power of God. Yeah, that's salvation. right. So like all the pressure just fell off my shoulders then. And I was like, I just have to share it. It's powerful on its own. That's right. I, I'll share this. We had a young man, we went to the Philippines and learned to share the gospel in all these communities by playing basketball. And it was a really good presentation. It was an adapt- adaptation of the bridge diagram using a basketball. Yep. Anyway, so one of the kids, one of the high schoolers that went with us, set up a basketball game between some kids in an outreach center, and said, "Hey, I told them if we beat them, they have to hear what I have to say. If they they beat us, we'll go buy them ice cream." And he <laughs> said, "I go. know we're going to beat them." Right. He says, "I want you to share the gospel," and I showed up and I said, "No, you know how to." You've been trained. That's right. You're going to do it. I'll sit there, but you're going to share it. And and I'll be honest, it was probably one of the kind of clumsiest gospel presentations I've ever watched. And guess what? Those kids all accepted Christ anyway.
1: Exactly right. Yep. So I remember sitting there feeling very uncomfortable
0: with how he was doing it. And it just showed me it wasn't his presentation. It was the gospel. Yeah, he did. It It was real. And, And so I'm like, it is the power of God. If God's, the fields are ripe for the harvest. If that, that plant was ripe, it's it's gonna be harvested. If it's not, then God will water and plant and, and you move on, you know. Yeah. But when you know it's not up to you to close the deal, for one, I think you look a lot less desperate.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, I, think yeah. I probably
0: look desperate and pushy and, mm-hmm. and intense when I really didn't need to be, you know. I just need to be comfortable and say, hey, this is up to you. I'm just sharing you what how Jesus changed my life. This is what the word of God says. I'm gonna throw it out there to you. You know, uh, what you do with it is on you, but but I think it's important that you know this. And I think that that's received a lot better
1: too. It is. And, you know, when, when you go out and your agenda is to love, your agenda is not how many notches can I get? How many X's or check marks can I make on a piece of paper? When your agenda is to love, and we say this all the time in our training, right? If you've gone out and you've successfully loved on your community then you, mm. have, you have been successful because God is love, right? And it yeah. is. It is like you're saying. Now, if God opens up a door for us to share the gospel, then praise the Lord, we'll walk through that door. But if we don't get the opportunity to share the gospel, if we only got the opportunity to pray with somebody, is that mm-hmm. not a success? Oh it so goodness. is. Yeah. It so is. And what it does, Eric, it takes the pressure off of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think about hearing you say that, Mark. I've been on a as a believer especially, but as I look across our culture, like you said, it's so it's so volatile. People yeah. are so angry and they fight and they can't get along. And there's this animosity everywhere you look. And and of course, the enemy's behind a lot of that because he's not love, he's hate. Right. He's the opposite of what God is. is. And so for me it personally, I feel like I'm on this, I'm on this, uh, how do I want to say it? crusade <laughs> yeah and i know that doesn't have a good terminology in, in the history but to personally if i can bump up against somebody that's very different from me and they can have an awesome experience and i can treat them with kindness and gentleness and love and do something over the top if i, if I have opportunity to let that person have a great experience with a christian let's say it's a christian and this person's as far from a christian as you can imagine or let's say it's a person that dresses differently than me or, mm-hmm. or whatever a community that's opposite of me. Maybe it's maybe it's a person of color, and I'm I'm a white guy.
1: Right. Whatever it is,
0: if they can have a positive experience with me, and of course, then I can say something to the effect, "Can I pray with you? How can I pray for you? Or God bless you." Right. So two things. Guess what? You thought it was going to be bad. It turned out good. Right. And then, by the way, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And you know, if you don't let me pray with you, I just at least want you to know I do this because I know God loves you. That's right.
1: And just think if every believer
0: did that. Everybody that has this negative experience with the Christian will have at least one good one.
1: Right. There you go. <laughs> right?
0: There you go. All around the world. If that just kept happening, I don't know, you know? And then of course, as you said, if, if God kicked the door open, we better walk
1: through it. Yeah, exactly. Gospel. He's counting on us money. too, because if we really, Eric, I've learned this. If you literally will make it a prayer every day and say, Lord, Give me an opportunity to share about you. I promise you, if you're paying attention, he will open doors to do it. And listen, transparency, you talked about in the beginning of this. Transparency says this. You know what? I'm not always faithful in that. But I guarantee I've learned over the years, if you will ask God for an opportunity, he will open doors for you. And it's whether you step through that door. And usually that's the easiest door to walk through, like wow, Lord, you set me up here and then you yeah. still have a choice, right? You can go, but man, I got to get gas and get going down the road. <laughs> Here's your choice. You might be standing at the gas pump, right? And you may have yeah. to do that. I, I remember when I was in Texas and I met a Hindu man and believe it or not, his name was Haji. I'm serious. We were at Walmart pumping gas and the Lord said, I want you to ask him how you can pray for him. And I'm like, I said this, Lord, i I don't know how to share the gospel with a Hindu person. I don't. I don't have training in that. And I said, how can I pray for you? And, and he just began the conversation, just like many of them do. Eric, uh, can you pray for my mom? I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to intervene and, and touch your mom, right? Because she was sick. And he did. And he's like, okay. And at the end of that, you know, um, I shared the gospel with him. And I said, uh, is there anything stopping you today from accepting this free gift that God's given? And he said, no. And I literally said, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I was like, really? It, it, was, that, it was that simple? And the, the gospel's simple, man. It's God who does. And I said, just out of curiosity, ask him, just out of curiosity, why, why are you saying yes to Jesus? Why are you inviting Jesus? And he said, because this would make my mom very proud of me. Because she wants me to be successful, and he said, "I know Jesus will help me be successful in my life." Drop the mic. Where, where's that in the in the textbooks, Eric? Right, it's right. only God who's bringing that increase, right, to that to that young man's heart. Um, set my heart on fire that day it was awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's a good tool, Mark. You you say that, and I, I could say without fail, God has answered that prayer for me as yeah. well. In, in in evangelism or a revive style or going out, right. but also in my own personal life when I've been, I know I'm going to have an extended time. Let's say I have a, a family member that's that's close to passing on, right. or I know I have a limited amount of time with some people that are going to be up next to me in my life that I know may have not heard the gospel. And I, I ask God, please open the door. It sometimes been like, really? It's that easy. <laughs> right. You know, give an example on this. This is really funny. I, I think I could do it quickly. We, we were up against a ministry that hosts international students at Ohio State University. So we would we would they would come spend a weekend, usually over Christmas, see what Americans, you know, in the U.S. We live like and then they come to a church service and they'd stay in our home usually. And uh, so there was a, a couple of uh, gals from from China staying in our home. And uh, I, I was praying, you know, God give give me a door for the gospel so we got kind of late in the saturday evening and i was getting ready to go in my bedroom and finish on my sermon and pray that night and it's like man i haven't gotten a chance yet and they pop out they went to marie's candy that was one of their tours here locally and so she gives me one of the chinese girls gives me knowing i'm the pastor gives me a marie's candy chocolate mm. and it's a jesus on it wow and so immediately my brain goes, oh, I think this is an opening. <laughs> and so I said, do you know, uh, do you know there are some people that believe that when you take communion, have you ever heard of communion? They didn't. So I had a chance to explain the idea where that even came from, but they believe you take Jesus into your body. And I said, you're asking me to eat Jesus. <laughs> Making kind of a joke. Right. But I was able to share the history of the people, nation of Israel, and then Jesus. He was the Passover lamb. And, and everybody that you know receives him in the same way will. so it was like so easy
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I mean it was just like yeah. wow this is
0: his hand and probably the most thorough gospel presentation I've ever given anyone
1: I believe it you know, I believe it uh
0: but it was so easy you know and I thought it wasn't the 11th hour like oh I'm
1: not gonna get a chance <laughs> that's it so, but, but that happens almost
0: every time but God know? met oh, you yeah. where
1: you were and God met them where they are that's yeah. the beauty of it man He guides us in all truth. He's praying and asking God, you know. That's good. Well, this has been really good, Eric. It's really good, I think, for for the listeners to hear your heart, to be able to understand that this is just what Jesus is asking us all to do. And Mm -hmm. the pressure, it's not like the pressure's on, (laughs) like you're just going and you're telling of his goodness telling of his goodness and his love. And as you said, I'm sorry, that's the method that God chose for the gospel to be shared is mm. for us to tell. And yeah. um, I, I think it's interesting. Everybody always thinks, oh, you have to be a preacher. Well, yeah. that word in the Greek is simply to tell, right? It's in, it, if you read into it, it's literally described as reading a newspaper. It's like mm. reading an announcement. And all you're doing is you're giving an announcement and people always think, oh, you have to get up on a a soapbox and preach on the street corner. No, I really prefer that you didn't. Right. (laughs) But just to tell, let them read your story. Let them read your epistle. So, man, Eric, time flies. And uh, I'm so grateful that you were able to jump on today and have this discussion. I think it's so real. And like you said, so transparent about where we are even on a day-to-day basis. And that's okay. Just pick up and do it again. Just pick up and allow the Lord to open the door. Just pick up and walk through what he ordains, and it'll be like butter. <laughs> it'll be like butter. So uh, appreciate your heart, Pastor Eric. Thanks for jumping on here. And you've been listening to Time to Revive.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com.
1: The Shine FM Podcast Network.